0: Hello and welcome back to season 3 of Sequelizers, the show all about fixing bad sequels to good movies. If there's a good movie that was followed by a terrible sequel, you better believe we're going to try and fix it. I'm your host Jack Chambers and joining me are the two teams of Titular Sequelizers. The team of Alec Plowman. Hello. And Stuart Ashen. Hello. And their opponents, Tim Matum. Hola. And Matt Stockton. Greetings, Shylander. You called. <laughs> <laughs> As you may have guessed from Matthew's del- delicious dialect there. <laughs> this episode about fixing maybe the worst film ever made. Uh, it's certainly up definitely there, contender. and we will get into that oh so much in this episode. We're going to be fixing... 1991's Highlander 2 colon the quickening because
1: oh, that's a thing mm. yeah colon quickening colon the
0: quickening, mm. exactly and this is by far one of the most requested things, people have requested this since they heard about this podcast before episode 1 was even out, They're Like, oh by the way I'm doing a podcast about fix Highlander 2 it's garbage and they were right all along
2: <laughs> Highlander 2 is terrible and uh, yeah. yeah, it's almost a work of art in its <laughs> in, in its terribleness. Yeah. To fail is art, <laughs> <laughs> and just the
1: camera pans down to a DVD of Highlander Two, <laughs> yeah. any version. I hope to fail
0: is art should really be the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Highlander Five, but okay. <laughs> We'll get into all the other sequels later on as well, because good Lord, there's like 10 of them. There's so much to come with Highlander. None of them are any good. <laughs> Actually, we'll get into that in a moment. Don't tell me one of them <laughs> is. There's one of them that's quite good. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah I believe Matt knows because mm, he's a know. nerd. So I'll give it some context. And I didn't really want to come up with anything that hadn't already been said. And I think our old pal Roger Ebert kind of summed it up very well in his review. So I'm going to quote the late, great Roger Ebert this movie has to be seen to be believed. On the other hand, maybe that's too high of a price to pay. Highlander 2 The Quickening is the most hilariously incomprehensible movie I've seen in many a long day. A movie almost awesome in its badness. Almost a quote, Tim there. <laughs> Wherever science fiction fans gather in decades and generations to come, this film will be remembered in hushed tones as one of the immortal low points of the entire genre's history. He's not, yeah. He's not wrong. He's not wrong, is he? <laughs> usually <laughs> he usually old Ebert, we have a few words to say about Roger... But a few words, not <laughs> yeah. Sounds, yeah. a lot of sounds. A Mostly Norwegian just grumbling yes. and <laughs> shaking fists at Roger But But he kind of nailed it, and, it is, and pretty much as Tim said, it's almost awesome in its badness. It's hard to believe how much this film undoes everything that the first one set up and all the acting is terrible almost universally and all the effects are terrible and we'll get, we'll get into all of that in a moment first Let me give you a synopsis, folks. (laughs) I hate myself. Good luck. Can we um can we just
3: briefly give the people a synopsis of Highlander? Because I think it's important to put into context. Just how much of a sequel this actually is. Matt Stogden's gonna give us his synopsis of Higglehander. Go.
4: (laughs) Hello, audience. So Highlander is a bit of a mishmash in terms of actual chronological narrative. So we're gonna go with it in a sort of Odd order, and I apologize for that. The film covers the story of a group of beings called Immortals, not called Highlanders, (laughs) as many will be led to believe. (laughs) There is one Highlander because he comes from the highlands of Scotland. Sort um, of, as we'll discuss in Exactly, yeah, yeah. So, um... <laughs> fucking hell. Even, even the first sentence we're already okay. fucking heard like, yep. falling over. So, yes, um, there are uh, various immortals, and they uh, are competing for a prize. Um, the the pro- prize, The I prize, believe. in fact, yes. And the prize is largely unknown, but they convince it's a source of immense power and, and all sorts. And the only way to kill an immortal... I believe, just by another immortal. It's never established if it's done by accident. They
0: can die by other means as well. Yeah. It's explored in the sequels. Oh, God, it is, yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen them, to be fair.
4: Anyway, so the, the key way and the only way to kill an immortal is to, to decapitate them, to cut off their head. Um, so they all tend to carry swords around all the time. Uh, and when nothing this...
0: else can cut off a person's head. Nope, nope. You don't need like a chainsaw or, or anything else that would do glass, the job. Bit of glass, I've yep. seen the omen.
4: Yep. Um, <laughs> so, so basically, um, they all have a lot of sword fights every now and again in various places. And when they uh, one is vanquished, the power within them is sort of distributed accordingly and they become stronger and stronger until and what's, finally... What's the
0: name of that power and that moment that, that transfers? That moment
4: is called but quicker Oh my God. Um <laughs> Which such is drama. fucking nonsense. <laughs> um, and at that point, uh, they become stronger and stronger until lastly, two remain, because there can be only one. That's a thing in this film and whole series, except it's fucking abandoned very quickly. And the idea is there can be only one, and when the eventually is won, he wins the prize or whatever. And Highlander has a sort of split narrative between 1985, uh, in the in inverted commas, contemporary period, following Connor McLeod, who is just sort of towards the end of the contest as it were and he's about to possibly win or lose against his old adversary or adversary the kurgan played by clancy brown clancy brown's pretty good isn't it clancy brown's great clancy brown very rarely does anything bad uh performance wise um and it cuts back to his life when he first became an immortal or had his immortal awakening as it were when he was sort of tutored by uh, what is it? Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, who is a Egyptian person who travels to Japan, falls in love with a woman, gets a special sword, goes to Spain and gets a new name, I think, at that yes. point. And then he goes to Scotland and it's played by Sean motherfucking Connery. Correct. <laughs> convincing you he has no idea what Haggis is, which is astounding. <laughs> anyway, so they become friends for some reason, which... Highlander 2 tries to cover. It does.
3: Well, it's it's sort of explained in the first Highlander the reason that they team up is because everybody recognizes that the Kurgan is a bad guy because the and they say that because when you win the prizes that you get
0: is it that you get a wish? No, there, that's no. Dragon Ball. Yeah. You get yeah. <laughs> You get like untold power and knowledge. Yeah. It's like okay. all the power and right. knowledge, and depending on who it is, it will be either good or evil. Yes. An evil person will influence it to be evil Because vice versa. The way
3: I took Highlander is that all of the immortals have realised that if the power goes to the Kurgan, then all hell's going to break loose yeah. they on have, planet
4: there's Earth. There's a bit of a good and evil kind of thing. A, McLeod... Um, um, a has a few sort of buddies along the way that he meets yeah. up with and they all end up dying. And <laughs> eventually, anyway, so they go to the end of the film and Connor defeats the Kurgan, becomes the quickened i guess uh, the, the quickened speedy the <laughs> yeah he becomes the flesh he gets all the knowledge in the world and he can hear everything and in his own words i know everything i see everything i shit everything <laughs> he can read minds and
0: predict the future and all kinds of weird exactly shit. yeah but and maybe because it's so yeah, ill-defined it's so it's so <laughs> weird
4: and then he, he's also no longer sterile and can have kids and is mortal and, and is well. mortal yeah. yes you Spanish peacock, did tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> because it's also like a bit of a rug pull. You win. What do what do you win? To die? Oh well, I should have just fucking had my head cut off in the first place. What's the point? Mm-hmm. It's like having. It's like saying, well, you've had five hundred years of being uh, a contestant. Now you have about I don't know forty years of being God. The, Enjoy the, that. The point is that you get to listen to a great Queen song. Yeah. That's true. Oh. The Queen soundtrack is the pretty, soundtrack of the first one is pretty impressive. short of amazing. unless you have something to say about it, Alec. I later. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah. um yeah so that's that's the, the general idea of what Highlander is. And again the misconceptions about it all in terms of what a Highlander is and it's like no 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 technically the Highlander in question arguably is Connor McLeod played by Christopher Lambert or Christophe Lambert whichever you want to go with. <laughs> um we have to say it's a point, it's a point go of go with, contention yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um yeah. So now have
0: Jack, tell us what Highlander 2 is.
3: Yeah. Right. Where would, where Are go you
2: sitting here? comfortably, children?
0: <laughs> <laughs> then we'll begin let's, the episode. Let's effluent. follow the natural
2: progression yeah, yeah. of the saga. Bear
0: in mind, Ramirez dies Ramirez <laughs> at the end dead. of the first one.
2: He, he dies in like the... In the 1500s. Yeah, 1500s. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a castle. Exactly. Ramirez yeah, is Glenn dead and Connor is mortal. So we pick up... We're in 1999, the distant future of 1999, which is a common thing for us, apparently, people wanting to set things in the distant future of the 90s. Hello, Predator 2.
4: Before before you go any further, Jack, as much as you want to read out the synopsis, it may be worth talking about the fact that there might be two synopses for this film. Yes, sort because of. Because technically, it's multiple endings
0: and two different cuts. Yeah, and we'll yeah, come on to that. We give will, us, we the, will get give us that. the baseline. Theatrical or GTFO?
4: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Continue. We begin in 1999
0: when Connor solves the problem of an ever-depleting ozone layer on Earth by devising a giant electromagnetic shield across the entire planet. We'll get on to why that's a big problem in a minute. Because <laughs> yeah. physics, Jack, is pierced off. <laughs> the Earth is saved, except for the fact that it's now constantly 99 degrees, horrendously humid, and in perpetual darkness. 40 years later, Connor is a liver-spotted old man, heading out of the opera for some reason. (laughs) Then, we flash back to him on his home planet of Zeist. Oh yeah, (laughs) by the way, they're all aliens for some reason. The reason Matt didn't mention that in Highlander 1, because it comes out of fucking nowhere. It's hundreds of years ago on planet Zeist. Connor and Ramirez. Yes, that is their name on their home planet. His <laughs> name is Ramirez, despite the fact he's an Egyptian guy who got a Spanish name from living in Spain. But actually, that's been his alien name all along. Yep. Because <laughs> reason. Fucking coincidence, isn't yeah, it, lads. As yeah. if Superman was always called Clark Kent, and then he happened to land on Earth and he spoke and he English the whole him. time. Oh, what yeah. a coincidence! <laughs> anyway, back on Zeist. Conor Ramirez lead a futile coup against the ruling dictator Katana, who's played by the fantastic Michael Ironside. Speaking of good villains, Kurgan is great in the first one and Ironside tries to be good in the second one. Poor poor Michael Ironside. Yeah,
4: Ironside just goes so crazy ridiculous. He does, he does.
0: Basically, they fail and he banishes them to Earth, hence Highlander 1. He banishes them 500 years ago because the timelines of both planets line up for some reason and they teleport and there's no explanation for any of this stuff.
1: Also, his name just happens to be a sword on Earth.
0: Yes, yeah. They all happen to be named after things that exist on Earth, despite the fact there's no connection between the. And they all look like humans for, anyway. <laughs> Back in the future, that's a line I just said, Katana sends a pair of immortal hitmen to kill Connor. He could have just left Connor to die. We'll get uh, onto that in a moment. There can be only one ex- except, except these there's others loads as well. Connor decapitates them and revives himself to his youthful and immortal self via the quickening. I'm going to say <laughs> that a lot. Just in, <laughs> just in time to meet attractive young scientist Louise Marcus, who's kind of a terrorist. She's completely a terrorist. Mm. We'll get into that in a moment as well. Who has discovered that the shield around the earth is no longer needed since the ozone layer has healed itself magically. But, unfortunately, the shield is now in the clutches of an evil cartel who wants to control the Earth's resources. Connor and Louise must team up to battle the cartel while Katana sends more emissaries to get Connor. Ramirez, for some reason, comes back to life in the 21st century and is... (laughs) just back and uses his powers during Hamlet arbitrarily he
1: comes back that is one of
0: the worst scenes I've ever seen in anything his death scene is equally bad and we'll get to that in a moment because he dies again eventually the good guys kind of triumph and there's one ending where they teleport McLeod and Marcus teleport back to planet Zeist and everything's fine even though it was kind of an apocalyptic wasteland 500 years ago, and I don't know why that's changed. Mm-hmm. And the other one, he kind of just solves the problem and it frees friends <laughs> <laughs> on Christopher Lambert's face, <coughs> just doing a smile <laughs> for no reason. Wow. And I wish I was making this up, but yeah, the fairy tale ending, which sounds terrible, which is the teleporting and they kiss in space thing, is the better of the two endings. <laughs> Can you believe it?
3: So that is. I've, the... I've got some love for Lambert Face. I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> <throw
0: it out. laughs> if we had subtitles to episodes, love for Lambert Face would absolutely <laughs> be the subtitle to this episode. So that is the summary of the theatrical cut. So there's there's two different cuts, and we'll get onto that in a moment. First, before we get into all of that. Would you guys like to guess the Rotten Tomatoes oh, score for of Highlander 2, Highlander two it's, it's and the zero. average score out of 10? It's
1: got to be zero because there is no way a professional critic could give it a point <laughs> or,
4: to, or recommend Stewart, Stewart's it to anyone. Stuart's in at a zero. I'm
3: seconding that. This seconding fucking the zero. dog shit.
0: Jesus Christ.
3: 12%. Okay. I'm, I'm going
4: to say five just in case some ridiculous people did some think. Plautians are spot on. Oh, it's that's it is, a it's our, it's our
0: second 0% film. Ugh. And uh, the original Highlander, any guesses on that one?
4: 65.
0: Ooh, okay,
4: okay, 65, well, 65. It was a cult thing. I don't think it actually was received well by anybody No, it was at the
1: time. not received well at the time. And um, didn't do well in the American box office either. No. Ooh, it was God. saved
0: by Europe, as we'll discuss in a moment. It was God. saved by
1: Highlander. Fuck you, Europe. More of our
2: crimes. <laughs> um,
1: uh, I'm, I'm going
2: to say 47. Okay, okay.
1: I, yeah, I reckon that's a good shot. I'm going to say slightly less, 43.
3: I'm gonna go like seventy two. It's sixty-eight
0: oh. percent. Oh. Average of six point one. I'm Highlander like two six
4: out of ten sounds like a reasonable thing for yeah. Highlander for me. Yeah. Ooh, um, Highlander Ooh. two has an average of two
0: point seven out of ten, which I think is maybe big generous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People really like God. Sean Connery is what we can <laughs> yeah. yeah. involved
4: with the film and their mums. <laughs> yeah.
0: So the renegade version is a recut done by a bunch of the crew funding it himself Russell Mulcahy, the director who is returning for the second one and, and then leaving
4: midway through yeah, <laughs>
0: um, so they had huge budgetary problems and all sorts of stuff, basically they were shooting in Argentina and the peso crashed in the 80s, mm. so their budget went from like millions of dollars to suddenly that meant absolutely nothing and they ran out of budget over literally overnight, because it was fluctuating on a daily basis And he then came back years later and was like, I didn't get to finish my masterpiece all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Even though, and I'll get to that in a moment, he didn't want to make the second one, and that was a push from the European distributors of the VHS Mm. because it sold so well on VHS in Europe that they were like, we need a sequel. People just keep buying this, but we need to give them more. (laughs) He was like, no, I've I've told the story of the Highlander. It's done. He was fucking correct. (laughs) There
2: can be only one. There can be only one.
0: (laughs) wrong there was like 10 of them Mm. so the european distributors pushed him into it gave him a bunch of money which then didn't work in argentina and it basically just stopped and they ran out of time and money and they didn't finish the film which is why it's so edited and so weird and so mad and insane
2: i I wasn't aware at all of the the whole peso crash oh really and it makes me wonder if within the next couple of years, we're going to see a similar thing happen with the first film funded in Bitcoin, yes. uh, or some other like dodgy cryptocurrency that halfway through Possibly. just tanks. But it'll be
1: fine. We've plumped for Ethereum for my next film, so <laughs> everything will be oh my
0: god! <laughs> There's even a short documentary called Highlander 2 Seduced by Argentina, which goes <laughs> into the whole details of this, which is where I'm getting most of this information from.
2: That's, um, there was some, I, I mean, sh- that's such a better subtitle <laughs> than <that. laughs>
4: <laughs> I mean, there was so much corruption in Argentina as well. Apparently, the, like the—I'm pretty sure there were stories of how Christopher Lambert and Sean Connery were almost taken in on uh, various scams. Like Sean Connery nearly bought a mansion, but pulled out the last minute, and thankfully. And, and Lambert lost all his money on the film because he was like wheezing away either in oh, and clubs, and
0: e- everyone was drunk on yeah. set. Apparently, because that's like all there was Mario to do Brothers. in Argentina. <laughs> and um, oh, Victoria Madsen and. Christopher Lambert were just shagging the whole time even though I think one of them was married at the time if not both of them were married at the time and it was a whole thing Sean Connery was a grumpy old bastard he's Sean Connery of course he is he he would he returned for the sequel because he was paid three and a half million dollars I heard he gave all that to
4: charity but I don't know if he I didn't, I didn't I didn't yeah
0: the charity of Sean Connery and he also didn't let anyone on either set mention the words James Bond oh Wow. Because he does the thing where he plays one character and he doesn't return. This is the only character, yeah. apart from James Bond, he has returned to play more than once. <laughs> yeah. Poor old Sean Connery. So the whole budget crashed, and that was a whole thing. And uh, yeah, it ended up being a mess of a film. They even went back and reshot scenes. It's 18 minutes longer, despite the fact they edited out most of the Zeist stuff. Mm. And it was released in mid 1995 and is a considerable improvement on the first. Because it literally couldn't be any worse, yeah. <laughs> and they brought actors back to reshoot stuff. They completely redid like eighty percent of the special effects. It was partially like funded by the director and the former cast, and some of the crew came back and were like, "Yeah, we got shortchanged on this. Let's remake it and and do it correctly and all that sort of stuff." But yeah, it, it couldn't possibly save this movie because it is one of the worst films ever made. And we're we're going to be fixing the theatrical cut because it is just so bad. The Renegade version still needs fixing, but for for all intents and purposes of sequelizers, the theatrical cut is what we're considering what
3: we're going to fix. It's worth pointing out that the Renegade cut, while better than the theatrical cut, is
0: still awful. Oh, yeah. It's gone from like two, 2.7 to like a 4
4: point something, That's a like three. a 5. <laughs> yeah. It's better, but it's not... It's not great. It's it's not... You, you can't polish a turd, but you can roll it in glitter kind of thing. It's like, well, that's a thing. Exactly.
0: And they're also followed by a bunch of sequels and terrible video games, which might be relevant to your interest, yeah, you know, Ash. It's some sort
1: of reflection on the Highlander franchise as a whole that Highlander has an exclusive game for the Atari Jaguar.
0: It is is intense. Every Highlander game I've ever seen... Or I've played the... Was there a PlayStation 1 one, I think there was, or possibly a PlayStation 2? Uh, and there was a recently, possibly recently released one, but that was never actually went N- through production. No, that was never made. Was no, just, never actually made.
1: I must just correct myself. It was actually for the Atari Jaguar
3: CD, I've remembered. So oh. it managed to get even worse. Even more yeah. obscure. It, it is utter dog shit.
0: Yeah, all Highlander games are utter dog shit. Um, but we also have Highlander 3, The Sorcerer, Highlander oh. Endgame, The Anime... Mm. Matthew Dogden, because mm-hmm. Matt's a nerd about anime, which is actually really good. That's the good one, Stuart, which is called oh, Highlander, I The, the n- Search for Vengeance. Mm. And Highlander Source is the most recent one, which I think was uh, in the late 2000s. Oh, that's, that's got to be Zero on Rotten Tomatoes game, like that. Yeah. So Endgame, Sorcerer, and The Source are all terrible. But The Search for Vengeance is actually quite good, and you can watch that totally standalone Mm. I would advise seeing the first film and then search for vengeance. Ignore literally everything else in the franchise. All like fifteen of the novels, scrap those, and don't Get worry it about
4: anything else. Fucking bin.
0: It amazes me with Highlander that there
3: was a franchise because, as you said, there are a shitload of films and then a shitload of novels and two TV series and all of this uh, spin-off Highlander stuff. Highlander is
4: proof that you can take a really simple, potentially great concept. And find an audience for it so perfectly. milk it until And just it's milk dry. the fuck out of it. And they will just like, I'll take it. And it's like, oh, it's terrible. Uh, one could say it's what's referring with the DC Cinematic Universe. Oh,
0: controversial. Not controversial. In, He's right. In the
4: sense that it's just is a case of like, we'll buy it. It's, like, it's uh, it's not good. Don't matter. It's got Batman in it. We'll take it. And that's kind of what the It's Highlander fans... <sighs>
3: Will you suck.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Highlander <laughs> fans will tend to find something good to say about Highlander 2. And, and it's usually like, to say like, oh, Renegade Cut's worth watching because of this, and oh, well, when they finally got the visual effects sorted in 2007, and then they went back and did it again, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: No. There are better films. In my process of researching, there is a man... assume it's a man who defends Highlander 2 Christopher Lambert (laughs) it's it's Christopher Lambert's secret WordPress blog and uh, I'm not making this up I swear to god and uh, I will put a link in the show notes if you really really want it this is (laughs) furrysenpai.wordpress.com well (laughs) and his post is basically I can smell his Twitter avatar (laughs) It is called Defending Highlander 2 The Quickening
4: My Life's Work
0: Filling Some Plot Holes <laughs> and it is almost a scene for scene breakdown and a plot hole by plot hole breakdown of how the film actually kind of works. Is it longer than War and Fucking Peace? Yes Oh it is. my god! Yes it is. <laughs> oh my god. Just scrolling. Somebody, somebody put time into 15 this. 15 pages with accompanying screenshots of each scene some are YouTube clips of scenes it's Madness and the fact that there are enough people to actually defend this shit is insane. <laughs>
4: want it to be good so badly that exactly. they will argue that it's good until they are convinced.
0: Batman versus Superman. Anyone? Yeah, yeah exactly.
2: It, it it doesn't surprise me hearing it that the anime version is the one that's the most successful because, like Matt says, there there is the core of a good idea in the Highlander, Definitely. and it's quite an anime idea i, I think at the heart of it it's something afro that... samurai is not that far off from yeah exactly home. it's something that if you just heard described to you without any sense of like what medium it was in and had to guess you would probably go <laughs> oh, it sounds it sounds pretty anime especially yeah. once they turn into aliens yes <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's yes. Anime, anime. and then halfway through the season it turns out that they're from a different planet exactly yeah. oh yes yeah, yes yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. so speaking of planet zeist Let's out. get into the meat of it, shall we, gentlemen? Why does Highlander 2 need sequelizing?
2: <laughs> Sit the fuck down.
0: Let me, let me list the ways.
3: Before we get into this, I think we should uh, share some of our thoughts on the original Highlander. Oh, this because place, yes. this is a movie that the sequelizers have some mixed opinions on. It transpires. And let's get into that now. So, I hadn't actually seen Highlander until very recently for this.
1: And it's one of those films I've been told is good, and it really sounds like my kind of thing, because it's high concept, it's a bit Camp eighty stuff, you know, the effects are a bit dodgy, the performances aren't the best, you know, it's a bit rough and ready, it's a bit cheap. That is my jam. (laughs) But I watched it, and it was not my jam, it was my marmalade. And I fucking hate marmalade. Like, it's a mess. It's like the editing is bad. The performances are bad. Clancy Brown is fun. That is the only good thing. If I had to give a positive pull quote for the DVD case, it would be Clancy Brown is fun. It's just the whole thing. Kind. Of, I mean, it's got this intriguing concept of the immortals. It doesn't delve into it properly at all, really, which leaves it a bit mysterious, you could say. Leaves it a bit fucking unexplored, more technically. And just the whole thing, I was totally unengaging. I was so bloody disappointed with it. And I know, you know, years later, a lot of the sort of 80s-ness of it isn't going to stand up in the same way, but... I mean, if you're going to watch some sort of campy, high-concept 80s thing, watch something like Robot Jocks, where you will have a lot of fun <laughs> with it. Not this, where it's kind of dull and Lambert's dreadful and drains at every scene he does, because all he can do is give a smouldering look and move his lips a bit. <laughs> and then there's Connery in there hoovering up the money and pretending he's Egyptian. And uh, I was very disappointed. It's not dreadful by any stretch, but it's really sort of sub-average, straight to vit- canon video kind of thing it was uh i was very disappointed
0: i grew up on these movies and i loved the first one as a kid and unknowingly i quite liked the second one because i saw it when i was about seven and i had no concept of what films were and in an age-old story that jack chambers seems to repeat I saw the second one first when I was really <laughs> young, just as I did with Predator Two and Aliens and had no fucking clue what was going on. So the the two guys on the hoverboards with the jetpack Immortal Assassin scene was burned into my retinas as a child and I couldn't remember anything else about that <laughs> movie. And uh yeah, yeah, I actually really like the first one. I rewatched it. You are right, Stuart, in that it's campy shit. But Which isn't a problem in of its yeah that's it that's the problem it's not fun enough. If it was good, it would kind of be like Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble in Little China nails the campy eighty shit. Like Mm. the electricity effects are almost identical between these two films. The special effects budget looks almost the same. But Little China actually pulls it off really, really well and embraces the campiness. It's also aware of itself, whereas Highlander is not. That's the real problem. Yeah, it embraces the campiness and it's aware of itself where Highlander is like, it's Camp 80 stuff, but we're telling a really deep and important story about humanity at the same time. It's like, not really.
2: I, well, I not would quite. pay a significant sum of money to hear Sean Connery say six demon bag. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I,
4: I'm i a bit um, in the middle of all this so uh, strange enough much like Jack I saw the second one first because I remember in the early 90s seeing it advertised on TV all the fucking time as a kid yep and yep. it looked really cool just because it was really fastly edited and I don't remember anything other than just seeing dark streets <laughs> and all of a sudden so
0: you're a big fan of Taken then
4: <laughs> no because I uh, grew up. Um, but um, yeah, so I saw this, uh, all the adverts as a, as a child and watched all this stuff. And then finally saw Highlander 2 and thought, I don't understand any of this. Meh. I think it was a friend who had a VHS specifically because I saw the, um, the sort of theatrical VHS release rather than the Renegade cut. Um, then I saw Highlander 1. And more because of my teenage years, someone said, Highlander's great. You'll love Highlander. And watched it and thought, ah, it's all right. But the problem was... Being a teenager, I was like, hey, 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 I want to be I wanna be cool. Yeah, it's really good because you like it, kind of thing. And then in my early 20s, still kept up the whole, yeah, it's really good because cause you like it. And then in the sort of mid twenties when I realized, hang on, people are dickheads. I can have my <laughs> own opinions. And then I realized Highlander is just okay at best. There's some really positive elements in there, like I say, the corn I mean the problem I have with it is if you replace the word immortal with vampire, you're like, oh yeah, same thing, except I don't care. There's no threat. I'm not bothered. Um, I really like the whole uh, um, history angle that you can go back and forth and show flashbacks all different periods of time, except they're all fucking awful. The sweet haircuts. That yeah, was was Lambert. Hell. The yeah, accents. 100, 100, 100. My God, the accents. Yeah, he's in that dueling contest. and it's, I can't see you all live. life. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> um, and then you've got... Matt
3: Stogler's Christopher Lambert impression is my favourite Matt Stogler <laughs> impression, <laughs> it must be said. Well, thank
4: you. Yeah, I mean, there are some... Again, some, I do like the Queen songs and a lot of people don't even seem to realise that the Queen songs that they really love like It's Kind of Magic and stuff were written specifically for this and they film. just
0: ended up on the album which came out the year later exactly yeah. exactly.
4: But they
1: are horribly shoehorned into the oh, film oh god yeah really place badly place done oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it, weirdly enough there's a bunch of unreleased stuff from the soundtrack as well like the Queen cover of New York New York never actually came out and the 40 seconds that are in the film are the only 40 oh, yeah. seconds yeah. that exist because apparently Freddie Mercury fucking hates that song <laughs> and refused and didn't let
4: he had the rights to queen's music so he was like i'm not letting this be released as a that little was uh, little um tidbit fact for you i'm pretty sure highlander 2 was released the same month that freddie mercury died somber tone but also means that technically highlander 2 might have killed freddie mercury <laughs> 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 that could be only one <laughs> <laughs> yeah no so I, I think it's an acceptable film um, it's not nearly what everyone makes it out to be and that's kind of the problem if you experienced it on your own as a, I think it's a cult favourite for a reason it's not going to be accepted by the mainstream and it's not going to be accepted by a lot of people it's more for a very core group of individuals the problem is that core group of individuals seems to have a lot of ex, uh, disposable income and keeps throwing it at the same film and they keep saying oh shit they must want tons of this stuff and then they make tons of this fucking stuff I think it's the perfect example
2: of a kind of film. And I think it's very telling of like looking at our shared memories of it, that it is that perfect kind of film to see when you are a little bit too young to understand it. And you're kind of aware that like, this is like, Oh, I probably shouldn't be watching this because he's got people with their heads being cut off in it. (laughs) Um, and it's the kind of film that doesn't there isn't really a modern equivalent of it any. I suppose the closest mm. you'd get is stuff like John Wick because I think there I think there are parts of it that can that are iconic enough to get uh framed in your brain like imprinted in your brain probably a lot better than they actually show up on the screen like i have very vivid vivid memories of like the opening fight in it in the car park um which feels like such a like iconic 80s thing of like yeah there's a sword fight in a car park and then it turns into electricity so what i'm Um, hearing tim is you like (laughs)
4: backflips
1: yeah oh my god how many backflips does that old french guy do
4: (laughs) (laughs) my god (laughs) that's a clip from the film i'm pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: every cut time. the audio in there yeah. Yeah. it's it's almost as many backflips as mighty morphing power rangers the movie. <laughs> dear god <Stay> yeah <laughs> to this
0: to this day when i walk into a multi-story car park i'm like i'm in highlander <laughs> yeah. and i thought that for like 20 I years i thought you were gonna
3: say to this day when i walk into a multi-story car park i, I do start back flips. doing backflips
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish the only thing anyone ever thinks at our age walking to a car park is, what the fuck is my car? <laughs> yeah. That's, That's it. Is this the floor I was parked on?
1: It's true that there are weirdly iconic moments in it. I always think of the Kurgan saying, happy Halloween, ladies, to the <laughs> nuns. And of course, right at the end, old Lambert with his arms spread wide, eyes open straight into the camera. <laughs> there can be only one.
4: And then strings coming from his uh, shoulders as yes. he held aloft laugh, going, <laughs> ah, I can see everything.
0: There's so much fucking wire work in these movies. As well.
4: And again, on a boat, trying to, to, to balance, or oh, sorry, stabilize um, Lambert and teach him how to get balance and be a better fighter. And having the fucking French Canadian describe to the Scottishman, Haggish, watch Haggish. And then him describing, it's like, this is this is wrong. Suspense of disbelief doesn't happen anymore. I, I can't, I can't. It's not, a, no.
1: That confused the heck out of me because I thought the idea was that uh, Egyptian stroke japanese stroke spaniard um sean connery had spent so much time in scotland he had now got a scottish accent which is kind of sad but but then he's like what's haggis you like, what what so you you've only just got to scotland why do you talk like that
0: yeah like, exactly The weird thing is, a lot of the problems with a lot of the choreography and the wire work is because Christopher Lambert is basically blind without a particular kind of glasses. He has myopia, which is a degenerative eye disease, (laughs) and he has these corrective glasses that he couldn't wear on set because there weren't contact lenses that he could swap out. So most of the sword fighting, he's sword fighting blind, and he nearly lost a finger in the first one, got Hit or stabbed in the second one, I think he sliced. He, open did, his own he did
3: lose hand. part of a finger yeah. in the oh, second one, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. he
4: sliced open his own hand because he insisted on using real swords. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and then oh, I'm no. blind, but I want to use real <laughs> swords. So <laughs> that's he, a thing. Yeah, Christopher Lambert said, "I want to use real swords. It has to be real." And um, they said, "You can't have real swords." I'm blind. <laughs> I'm, I'm going <laughs> to do it. And then he sliced open his own hand. I'm pretty sure he and because it, was, it wasn't just him because obviously he had a real sword. I Michael Ironside had a real sword. In a fight scene I might add in the original cut, which is two separate fight scenes mashed into one. Um, so he
3: swaps swords halfway through the does. fight scene. Yeah, yes. it's plastic swords. And but, clothes.
4: Yeah, and he's, they still managed to, I think, chip either Michael Ironside or... Christopher Lambert's tooth and nearly chop off someone's thumb it was all a bit ridiculous and they, I think someone eventually said um, it's very hard to execute precise strokes with a 22 pound broadsword it's like <laughs> no fucking shit <laughs> yeah it's it's bizarre as, as shit but then you get, as you say because he literally can't see it means that he is just flailing blindly but he also insists on doing like all the stunts all the hoverboard stuff he did himself oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. idiot Christopher Lambert
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hearing Matt's impression of him now, like, have we seen Christopher Lambert lately? And are we sure he hasn't turned into Tommy Wiseau? Uh, I, I, was gonna say, I saw him in
4: uh, in Ghost Rider too. He's he's um... that's not recent. <laughs> no, well, well, it's recent. It's in the Christopher last decade, Lambert years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, he's immortal. He doesn't. Care. Yeah. Or is he? Um, but no, you're right. I, th- I think Tommy Wiseau is what happens when the quickening goes wrong. <laughs> 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 oh, God, it's a slowening. <laughs> oh, <laughs> tearing me apart, Lisa. Oh, like, hi, Ramirez. <laughs> <laughs> we should, yeah, can we get that? Can we, can get, we like, mash up yeah, Highlander 2 in the room? Christopher Lambert to make another Highlander <laughs> film. <laughs> My name is Connor McLeod. And I'm fucking, I don't know, what the hell's his character? Johnny McLeod. Johnny McLeod. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny McLeod. <laughs> oh, hi, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> You're
1: my favourite aliens from the
0: planet Zeist. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, should we get on to why Highlander 2 needs sequelising, gentlemen? <laughs> now that we've decided why
4: Highlander a needs sequelising. it's <laughs> It is,
0: yeah. The plot doesn't make any sense, and... It just undoes all of the internal logic of the first film, basically. Mm. We go from, oh, they're all models and they've been battling for years and years, and it's this never-ending contest. Then, oh, no, wait, they're all aliens, because
4: reasons. See, this is the thing. If you watch the theatrical version, they're all aliens who are sent to another planet to have this contest, but for some reason, Sean Connery and Christopher Lambert have an unbreakable bond, because they do and um you only have to call my name and i'll find you
3: can i just point out as well that christopher lambert remembers this at the beginning of the second movie because this has never been discussed he's watching the opera and then he's just like, has a flashback and is like, I remember this now. I remember that I'm an alien. I remember how me and Sean Connery used to be friends when
4: we were aliens. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. It's like... the, the moral of the story is don't listen to Wagner. You will have fucking flashbacks. <laughs> yes. So the the Renegade, however, is that it's set way in the past and they're sent yes, into yes, the yes. future. So it depends on which version, because you're either watching a bunch of aliens on Earth having a little contest and it's weird, or you're watching... Sort of time travelers? Kind of? Yes. It...
0: Time travelers I can deal with mm. more than planet sized. I don't like. know. I it's think... just The thing I
3: love about that is it's like, well, there is a detail that just never needed explaining. And that weird thing where it's like, it's, it's science fiction now. I know that before it was mythology. It but was all and Now it's, and magic now it's and and science fiction. Shit,
0: but, and yeah, it ruins all of its own internal logic, including like Ramirez just comes back to life. Because MacLeod kills two immortals, so he has extra energy
4: to bring his old mate back to life in Scotland, mid Hamlet. What? Yeah. he—it's oh, it's so weird. He starts to realise he's mortal again. Sorry, immortal again because some immortals have turned up. Therefore, he's become, gone from immortal to immortal because. And, yeah.
0: Sorry, and they only show up because Katana, the bad guy, sends them there. Yeah, He could have just left him to die because he's mortal. The only reason he comes back and is immortal is because he sends the only thing that can return Connor McCloud to being immortal again mm-hmm. to fight Connor McCloud, renowned fighter and killer of immortals.
3: And Connor <laughs> McCloud says literally at the beginning of the movie that he is dying. Yeah. So we establish when the film starts that Connor McCloud is dying and then... like Thanks like, to the bad guy
4: yeah, he's all powerful yeah. and young So again. he becomes young again and he... Does some weird alleyway grinding with Virginia Madsen and. Then, oh, they just fuck for no reason. Yeah. And then in the street. Yeah. And it's like, okay. <laughs> and then Ramirez, my old friend, I need you. And then he appears in Glencoe, Scotland. And this is the weird thing. And it sounds like a, such a small detail, but listening for the Terminator episode, you know me and small details. So basically oh I'm I'm sorry I don't know where I am and you know he's just like oh I'm doing Hamlet I'll just carry on and the audience of this huge amphitheater just fucking goes with it like oh a man appeared out of fucking lightning (laughs) this must be part of the show this is hilarious yeah and he goes from like, like, game off game off and the guy's like we just we just fuck off already in the most English actor and and Sean
3: Connery is like I don't know what's going on ah it seems to be some kind of a play (laughs) then I shall bow and clown for you my audience yeah, I don't think he actually
4: it. acknowledges it's a play. He just goes, "Ah, oh, well, goodbye, shithead." And <laughs> yeah, because he because be alone, apparently
3: so. there was no swearing in fifteenth century Scotland, so he calls him a shithead. And he goes, what is a shithead?" The amount
4: of things Sean Connery learns in this film, like <laughs> flying, oh, suits. <laughs> you can have my earring. Problem solved. Oh, just fucking <laughs> so to to travel
0: so to New York to join Connor. He sells an earring and he gets. Old-school Scottish regalia for no reason. (laughs) And a plane ticket to New York. Despite the fact he doesn't have a fucking passport... And he doesn't. He doesn't. He just
3: gives it to them. He just goes. This shall suffice for payment. And they look at this old earring and they're like, "Yes, it will." What time would you like your breakfast, sir? <laughs> so instead
1: of cash for gold, it's earrings for traditional Scottish regalia, <laughs> and no questions asked.
3: Forged plane tickets, forged passport. You say? Well, us Scottish tailors know a thing or two <laughs>
2: about forged passports. There's um. Yeah, even in the Wikipedia summary of uh, Highlander 2, there's it makes a point of saying, uh, it's like, Ramirez sells one of his earrings, which is apparently enough to buy.
4: <laughs> <laughs> when you're getting shade in Wikipedia, yeah. like, you know yeah. you've yeah, gone trouble. wrong. It is weird, because you have this 2024 apocalyptic wasteland, but the shop still looks like it's a regular 80s. Yeah, not in Scotland. Scotland's no. fucking fine. Scotland's finally like... We're in an element. Problem solved, boys. We're in. Uh, no offence, Scotland. We love you. There's no fucking problem up here, lads. You could take your ozone shield and stick it up your arse. Speaking of ozone shields, what the
0: fuck? Is, who thought that was a good idea? Connor McLeod saves the world by putting it into perpetual darkness and the temperature is increased to 99 degrees and there's constant humidity, despite the fact our entire source of temperature and the water cycle... Is the sun. Yep. If there was no water cycle, all the water would just land in the seas, there would be no clouds, mm. and the like, we'd be a desert wasteland on,
4: on Earth. It's like the the void in the Matrix. Kind of, yeah. The, when they yeah. black out the sky. It's that concept of like, well, no, that's not or how that our that episode, episode in The Simpsons works. Works. where Mr. Brown Fucking <laughs> and... Simpsons every time.
1: Skipping the fact that somehow McCloud becomes a scientist at some stage <laughs> in his life.
0: That- well, he mind-reads the group of scientists that he recruits to build the machine, to build the shield, because he gains mind-reading powers from the end of the Yeah, but he doesn't mind-read. They're doing a that's, fucking
4: shit that's,
3: job.
0: That's <laughs> not explained in the
4: theatrical No, no, no. Cut, no I was, was going to say, say,
0: the the I, gonna say yeah.
1: I don't remember that bit, but I only yeah. saw the theatrical. And the other thing is, this is much worse than the problem. The solution is much worse than the problem. I just don't understand did they not think about this for two seconds? If you go to bloody McLeod surgery and say I've got a lump on my arm, okay I'll set your fucking face
4: on fire (laughs) then. No one's going to get a stupid lump on your arm with a burning face.
0: It's like, oh we're worried about the environment and the ecological damage of the earth and stuff. Let's destroy it. (laughs) Destroy the thing that gives 100% of the energy (laughs) to the life and
4: ecosystem of the planet. Mm. Oh, It does look different between the versions as well and in in the theatrical version it's red and the renegade version it's blue. Do you know oh. why? It's something to do with There was a studio
0: intercept. They decided that red looked cooler. Oh, fucking hell's sake. But it had already been shot with blue light coming through all of the windows and all the interior scenes. So when they finally got to do the recut in Renegade, they turned it back to blue again. And they spent loads and loads of money on a particular laser technology to make the lightning bolt effects and the shield. Just those two things. And they and No one else has done that. They, they, this is the only film that it was the first in. time that was ever used and it's never been used since mm. pretty much. Impressive because they blast. used <laughs> I think there was like a particular filament you have to use or something like that, and they used like hundreds and hundreds of feet of this filament. They ended up using about five meters of the stuff yeah. in the entire film. So they shot like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of scenes and different versions of the shield and different designs and different types of lightning bolts. And they used like two lightning bolts and one version of the shield and that was it. And then the studios went, nah, let's turn it red. So they scrapped it all and went just for red instead. <laughs>
2: what? 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 <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ, yeah. It, it is- really
2: it really makes you wonder what it would have been like if it had like a comp- competent executive producer who was like, nah, let's not shoot in Argentina. That seems quite arbitrary and yeah. the, the, the currency is quite dodgy. And, you know, let's work out what colour we're going to make the sky before we spend <laughs> before we start shooting millions right, of yeah. pounds on it. Yep. Exactly, yeah.
0: And it's this weird thing where it was so it went if the, the rule was if it went over budget, and there was the particular bonding companies that held control of everything, if you go over like five percent of your budget at all, we take full control of the final cut, which is exactly what happened what happened yeah. with Blade Runner, yeah. famously, and that's why that's been recut so many times. And what happened with this? So the executives and the studios were like, "Well, we're just going to get a guy." Like my mate Steve down the road to recut the film because we can't afford anyone else. So yeah. Steve's just going to do it. And they're like, We have an editor here. Well, you've already paid him. as like, but we can't pay him anymore. So unless he wants to do it for free, we'll just get Steve to do it. And it's just some uncredited bloke yeah. did the final edit of the theatrical cut. He <laughs> was just a mate of one of the executives. It's insanity. Highlander 2, uncredited bloke.
4: <laughs> Highlander 2 and Alan Smithy Productions. Yes.
2: <laughs> like when you hear everything that went wrong with it. It's almost a miracle that yes. it actually ended up in cinemas yeah. at all.
1: That is true. That is very true. It's a shame it did as well. <laughs> <It's>
2: but... a... <laughs> it would have it's been better mo- off on the cutting room floor. A tragedy, some might say. Shameful yes. miracle. I, I like to think of it as a monument
4: to human endurance. <laughs> and another reason why I'm okay with the machines taking over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we need to be stopped. I think me watching both versions is a monument to human <laughs> endurance. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Can somebody for the audience describe Sean Connery's death scene cuz um I would oh, vomit yeah.
0: too much. he puts <laughs> his hand up in there. <laughs> yeah. He talks about in a situation where he should clearly be able to just walk yeah, out we'll, of the door we'll as well. In a moment. Yeah, they're trapped in a room with a descending like giant fan that has a little spike in the middle sort of. For some reason as if that makes Can I can I deadly. just
3: point out that given the proximate the, the spike is big enough that it means that when the fan gets to the floor there will be enough of a gap that they could all just lie down and they would be fine
0: Spike is like a good few inches long so you could probably lie flat and maybe like it would yeah just miss you kind of thing but so Marcus and Connor are like oh no what are we going to do and Ramirez just arbitrarily goes well true power if you harness it all in one place you can do incredible things and he (laughs) he just pans between the two of them (laughs) then holds his hands up Turns to lightning for some reason. Yep. Then the door opens and they leave. And that's it. Yep. Nobody knows why the door opens because he doesn't stop the thing. It keeps going, but he's lightning, so the door opens and they leave. Just open the door and leave, all three of you. It doesn't make any fucking sense. The,
3: in the theatrical version, I don't think he turns to lightning. He just stands there and the door opens.
0: Yeah, he just stands there. In the Renegade version,
3: he turns to lightning. Okay, he just stands there And stares up at (laughs) and they look at him and he's like
0: goodbye and they leave and then we just see the fan just, like, descending don't forget who you are conor mcleod or whatever yeah, yeah. and yeah. then he holds his hand as it as the fan touches his hands he turns into lightning and dissipates yeah. and then the door opens well leave. maybe
3: maybe in the theatrical version that's what happens as well but but there is a good point he where they didn't have the budget to
0: shoot that there's a good point moment, yeah.
3: there's a good sort of 10 seconds where the door is open and they are deliberate they are leaving, and he is just standing with the fan still being like a good you know ten meters away from him, and he
0: just he's just like, "I just want to die now. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore, <laughs> My God And he does the weird thing. It's almost like they invented like force ghosting. It's the kind of similar, but obviously nowhere near as emotionally impactful as Obi One just disappearing into a cloth. And you're like, "Oh wow, that must be a thing in the Force." This is never explained. He just turns like he doesn't get decapitated. Why nope. does he die? He just turns to lightning. Turns for some out there are two ways:
4: squishing is another. Because yeah. this is the other thing with
3: that is, unless mcleod and ramirez find themselves in a very specific position in that scene in which the blades cut off their heads they are they are under no threat whatsoever yeah like
0: it's fucking retarded katana is not really a threat to mcleod at any point he's just kind of a cackling villain who sends minions but he poses basically no physical threat because he's not a fighter nope despite the name Katana, as discussed, <laughs> literally named a sword, but basically poses no physical or really like philosophical adversarial, adversarial. threat to no. McCloud at all.
2: He's just this arbitrary cackling bad guy who has a bunch of minions. I think the thing that makes me the most angry about Highlander 2 is that it wastes the name General Katana. Because <laughs> because if that if that character had showed up in like a Contra style. That's arcade a G name, mm-hmm. Like yeah. yeah. Like that is a character that should have a bionic eye. Like <laughs> <laughs> he probably does. Maybe yeah, a robot vulture them. that sits yeah, exactly. And like God bless Michael Ironside doing his best, but he's not an interesting he tries, character. He tries, he tries. Poor Ironside.
3: I'm pretty sure there is a cut out there somewhere where he does have a bionic eye and there will be 10 minutes of explanation as to why he does and you see his brother, specific katana
4: (laughs) (laughs) there is a lot of problems when it comes to the ending as well because this is where the renegade cut and the theatrical really blend because there was a, this part of the the reshoots that Jack mentioned earlier you have like a sort of fight scene on a truck roof oh the moving truck thing Yeah, Yeah, and that's not in the theatrical at all yeah, and then no, that they go above, cool. Yeah, and they go above it's the. It's sh- not bad. Yeah, it's all right. Um, and then they go above the shield, yes. and I'm pretty sure that's in the theatrical, but in a different way. I can't remember that. No, it. they don't. They don't. No, they at, don't at all. all. Yeah, no. and they see that like, you know, oh, the ozone's fine. Let's just check it with her eyes. And then at some point, and this is not explaining the renegade. It's not explaining the theatrical. At some point, Connor gets Ramirez's sword back out of. Fucking nowhere. Yeah. Never explained. Here it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sword changes halfway through the fight. There's there's clothes changing just arbitrarily. There's props and weapons just changing. The whole time. It's like black dynamite halfway through. (laughs) (laughs) Really? We're using this guy? Just recast him halfway through. Yeah. Oh, God.
1: I, I think it deserves saying again, this film makes no sense. No, and no, that's no. not hyperbole. It's usually, like, oh, this film doesn't make any sense. I mean, it kind of does. Oh, I didn't does. get it's Inception. It doesn't done. make any sense. Except, <laughs> no, I mean, this film
0: properly does no, not make sense.
4: Mess. And it's not really an enjoyable, get your mates around and have a laugh, because you just end up having an actual... Well, you, you mentioned so many with so. Discussion. Discussion. Like, you can watch The yeah. Room
0: and be like, God, this is terrible, but it's terrible in an amusing and interesting way. This is... So bad, it's still bad. Yeah. You, like,
4: you, when you would think you're enjoying it, you would turn to someone and say, "Are you Are you following this?" And the person next to you said, like, "Not really. Are you enjoying this? I'm not really enjoying anything anymore. <laughs> I no longer experience joy as a result of Highlander 2.
1: That's my box quote.
4: All, all my taste buds have changed to bitter. <laughs> exactly. It is a film to have an argument with. Yes. Mm. <laughs> and arguments about, as we're having.
0: Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> so that's why Highlander 2 needs fixing. But you, four gentlemen, I'd like to hear your team names for this episode, please. Alec and Stuart, why don't you go first?
3: We are the princes of the sequel verse.
1: Oh. Oh. I'm kind of wishing now we were called Christopher Lambert's
0: secret WordPress blog. <laughs> we are the furry senpai. <laughs> <laughs> and over to Matt Stogden, Tim Maiton. We are too high to Lander. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear! before we get into fixing it next week why don't we get into your elevator pitches please gentlemen let me hear you some little tease for what we're going to be expecting next episode alec and stewart the princes that's i'm going to call you now
1: <laughs> so our film is highlander 2 The Endgame
0: Oh, interesting
1: And was made in 1989 Mm. Directed by Don Coscarelli Because we wanted that 80s camp vibe And he's Mm. the man behind Phantasm And of course Beastmaster Returning cast Merely two of them Brenda McLeod Will be played by Roxanne Hart again Mm. Well, she had a different surname in the first film But hey, they got married in between And Rachel Allenstein Returns Played by the late, great Sheila Gish Mm. Newcast Declan McLeod played by Josh Brolin Robert Wakelin played by Morgan Freeman Kraken played by Robert Zadar and Enforcer Power, played by the mighty Michael Ironside
5: Oh
4: nice Mm.
3: And of course our score delivered by the fine fine Stuart Copeland.
4: Oh, oh he, he new Copeland. kept Copeland.
0: Because okay. he was shit. Damn
3: right. <laughs> <laughs> who, of course, wrote the theme to the sequelizers in a roundabout way. Yes,
0: exactly, <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly. And your elevator pitch, please, gentlemen.
3: 20 years after the events of Highlander, Conor Cloud's son must join forces with a group of renegades to stop a crazed immortal who is slowly enslaving the human race.
0: Mm-hmm. Intriguing. Over to Tim and Matt, a.k.a. Too High, Too Lambert.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Too Lambert.
5: Too Lambert! (laughs) Yes.
2: So, our film is made in 1994 and is called Highlander, Live by the Sword. Our director is John Woo. Wow, Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. This would be his, I believe, his second US production Mm-hmm. After Hard Target, and we also just have two m- members of the returning cast: Roxanne Hart as Brenda McLeod, Nay Wyatt, mm-hmm. um, also married in between. This and... it becomes the exact same thing. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> and Christopher Lambert
4: as Connor McLeod. Our new cast, being very nineteen ninety four. We've also got ages, just in case anyone gets all like pissing in the role of. Ailsa McLeod. Mila Jovovich. Actually, about 18, 19 at this time of filming. And she would, um, at this point, have only been in Chaplin and Dazed and Confused, but would go on to be in The Fifth Element, and he got game and a million fucking in Resident Resident Evil Evil films. Movies, yeah. <laughs> but in the role of Ferrick Arno from The Lawmower Man, Freefall, and then eventually White Up and other things, Jeff Fahey, the kind of guy where you see him, you know his face, a very discerning face. In the role of Casey Arno from School Ties, Dazed and Confused as well, then eventually, more rats and Goodwill Hunting and everything else, and eventually, Batman, Ben Affleck. Uh, about 21, 22 at this time. And the role of Quinn, only just off really a um, shallow grave, Ewan McGregor. And again, he's obviously been train spotting and uh, Emma and Brass off and all sorts of things. Again, he's 22, 23 at the same time. And a role of Valerie, a small little supporting role um, from Double Dragon, <laughs> and who's the boss and lots of other things, Alyssa Milano. The composer is Graham Ravel. Uh, who's done Hard Target, The Crow, Street Fighter? Goes on to do Strange Days, From Dusk Till Dawn, The Craft. Lots of really dark '90s magic, sort of, sort of not not necessarily gothy, but very gothic mm. kind of uh, individuals.
2: And and obviously work together with Wu on Hard Target. Exactly, exactly. As well, yeah. So our elevator pitch: A mysterious organization searches for a way to harness the powers of the Quickening, training a champion to challenge MacLeod, while Connor and his daughter travel to Ramirez's old home for answers to a series of troubling visions.
0: Mm-hmm. Ooh, both mm-hmm. quite mysterious, quite intriguing. You'll have to wait until next week to find out, folks, and hear both pitches. I'll
4: see you in your dreams. <laughs>